Hey everyone, welcome to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. I am your host, Marie-Pierre, and for all my English friends out there, you can call me Marie. I am a registered dietitian with a background in psychology. My passion in life is to help individuals heal their relationship with food and their bodies. If you're tired of dieting and tired of restriction, you are at the right place. I'm hoping that this podcast will help and support you as you heal your own relationship with food and your body and give you the tools, the resources, and the knowledge that you need to finally ditch the diets. Every week, you will be hearing from guest experts and myself on all things food, body, and mind. I am so happy that you're here and I cannot wait to support you on your journey. Let's get started. Hello, welcome back to the Balanced Dietitian Podcast. How are we doing? If you're listening to this podcast episode as it's airing, we are now in November, second week of November already, and times are changing. It's getting darker. It's getting colder. (sighs) How are you feeling? How are you doing? If you are able to, if you're in a safe time, safe place to do so, I invite you to just like close your eyes a moment and just like take a deep breath. Life can feel so go, go, go at times. So being able to just kind of slow down, check in, see how we're doing, I think can be so, so helpful. Today, I wanted us to talk about movement exercise and how that can fit into our healing journey and how we can have a good relationship to movement. So I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, As you may or may not know, I am someone who typically really enjoys movement. My relationship to movement has had different seasons, I'll say, in my life. During my disordered eating years, my relationship to movement was really, really difficult. Actually, let me take you before that. Prior to my eating disorders years, um, I have always been someone who enjoyed movement. Um, It was really funny because in my family, most people do not enjoy movement. And it was very like, I was very much the, the odd one out, always wanting to participate in sports, always wanting to do things. Like I always really enjoyed team sports and always found it very joyful for me. Um, I used to play volleyball and basketball and all of these things that never really correlated in my brain with the way my body is, my body looks, but was really more for the fun of the sports. With my disordered eating years, my eating disorder, my relationship to movement completely changed. Movement became a way to control, right? Exercise became a way to either punish my body, punish myself, Um, was all about burning calories, was all about trying to like exert as much energy as I could. It became very, a very toxic relationship. I would be fearful of different foods, depending if I ate or not. I would allow myself to eat just depending on my movement. I was like obsessed with like doing more and more and more and more. Um, And honestly, during that time, I never saw my relationship with food as unhealthy because, or with body as unhealthy, because I was kind of part of that fitness culture, 
right? For those of you know, my husband works in a gym. So I, you know, would spend a lot of time there and the vibe is just very different. I saw myself as committed to the sport and like disciplined, but the intention behind movement was always freaking sneaky and disordered. And that's what I want to talk about today. Um, one, how do we know if our relationship with with movement is maybe not ideal? And then two, if it is, what do we do? And then how can we post healing or as we're healing, enjoy movement in a way that can be very productive? So first and foremost, like how do we actually know if our relationship with movement is disordered? Honestly, for me, it's pretty black and white. If you are using movement as a way to control your body, if you're using movement as a way to either allow yourself to eat or won't eat or compensate for food or earn food, that is disordered. If you're unable to take a break from movement because you know either you're injured or you're tired or you just don't want to that day and you're not able to take a break, that would be disordered, right? If you are, yeah, injured is a big one. Like if you're injured and still pushing through your injuries, that's not discipline. That's not kind to your body. That is disordered, right? And if you're becoming more obsessive with movement, if you have like this specific, like it needs to be this intensity, this duration, this frequency, and it has to be like this for it to count, that is also disordered. So I really believe that for a lot of the things that we do in life, it's the intention behind the behavior that truly matters. So even asking yourself, why do I move? How do I feel when I move? Is there times that it doesn't feel good for me and push myself anyways? And what is that like for me? Right? Really checking in on the reasons why we move, how it makes us feel and how it kind of integrates with all the other relationships we have in our life. So how does it impact my relationship with my body? How does it impact my relationship with food? Right? If you are noticing that I'm having a lot of these red flags, then I would probably say that it is a safe thing to maybe pause and check in or change the the, the movement types, change what you've been doing. Right? On the other side, Some people may develop like an aversion to movement, right? Some people who may have in the past used movement as a way to compensate may now feel almost like a friction to move again. Either they are afraid of being maybe re-triggered with movement. Maybe it's just kind of like this mental block that they have now with movement that it maybe feels unsafe for them. I see that a lot with folks who are doing their healing journey, who have had to put their, you know, relationship to movement on hold and then really struggle to start again, right? There's this piece of aversion of, you know, moving our bodies. And part of that can also be like moving our body is connecting to our body, right? When we move our body, we become a lot more aware of the body that we live in. And sometimes I can feel really uncomfortable. And I just want to name that, that that's not anything that is wrong with you. We just need to connect on if you are, you know, either we are using exercise in a way that is disordered, or maybe we have an aversion to exercise, 
checking in with the story that we tell ourselves. Like, what do I believe to be true about this? You know, like, what am I telling myself about movement and exercise? And how does it, again, relate to my relationship to my body or relate to my relationship with food? Right? I think that's really important questions to ask ourselves. I believe that movement can be such a cool part of our everyday life. You know, our body does like movement. We like it. We like to move. We like to be mobile. We like to be able to, yeah, kind of like move energy through us. And that looks different for everyone. That does not mean a workout at the gym. It can mean anything, but it's just that types of movement. And I really think it can also be a really great way to reconnect to the experience of living in our body and feeling our body, right? As long as it's safe time, safe place. And that being said, like when we are ready to reintroduce exercise, we're going to be like, okay, so how do we do it in a way that is helpful? I had to do a lot of work with that for myself. Like what would be helpful for me versus what would be triggering for me? And how do I, how do I like manage this <laughs> basically? So for me, there's a few things that helped a lot that I wanted to share with you. One of the best things that I think I do with my relationship with movement is intention. What is the intention behind movement? Why do I choose to move? What benefits do I get from moving my body? Right? And for me, oftentimes nowadays, it's going to be like, you know, I like the energy that it gives me. It helps me like regulate my sleep. Um, I like feeling strong. I really like that idea of like, I, I, I started to do a lot of yoga and I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but really that connection with my body and my mind, right? So really thinking about like, why am I choosing to move today? And the truth is that there is a ton of benefits to movement that are non-weight related. And for me, that was really important, especially at the beginning, like when I like reintroduce movement in my life, um, during my healing journey, I needed to remind myself all the reasons why movement was good for me outside of weight. I had to decouple the idea that moving only had to do with changing my body. I really had to lean into this piece of what else does movement gave me? How does it feel when I move? How do I feel after when I move? How is my energy? How is my stress? How is my sleep? You know, and we know like long-term, like movement can be so good for our overall health you know, like with our muscle and our bones and all of these other components that it can help us with, like, you know, mental clarity and focus, like, and sleep, like, ah, oh, it helps me sleep so much. So really leaning into why am I moving? Why am I choosing to move? What is my intention behind it? And can I decouple it from weight loss? And that's a huge piece, right? Hey, 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 I'm just stopping this podcast episode to tell you about a really new cool course that I have created for you. So I have created a intuitive eating 101 course, 10 days to intuitive eating. So in this course, it is self-paced. You go at your own pace. And the goal is really to initiate you into intuitive eating. If you are new to this, or you really want to learn how you can become an intuitive either, you want to take the principles and apply them to your life. This is for you. So this is a really cool course because you will be getting all the information over 10 days. Every day for 10 days, you're going to be getting a principle with action items for you 
to do. You're going to have a beautiful workbook to help you implement the work. And their goal is that after 10 days, one, you're going to truly understand what is intuitive eating, how to become an intuitive eater, and you're going to have the tools that you need to start doing that work. It's a really, really cool intro, and I think you're going to love it. Um, so if you want to check it out, go to www.thebalancepractice.com forward slash courses, and you're going to be able to check it out there. So excited for you to check it out. Like, honestly, ah, this is such a cool course. All right. All right. All right. Let's get back to the episode. The second thing I would say is try different ways to move. The ways that you used to move when you were maybe engaged in more disordered eating may not be what we want to try at first. We may need to try new things. And you know what's really cool? There's like so many different ways that we get to move. (laughs) You know, there is weight training, but there's also like yoga and stretching and biking and walking and skating. And I'm thinking about like all the snow sports now, like snowshoeing, because I know the winter is coming. Um, But there's so many different things that we can do to move our body. And one thing that I have learned over the years from, you know, my partner being a personal trainer is really trying to focus on three different ways of moving, which is one strength. So my muscles, right. Engaging my muscles. Cause I know that that's good for me long term. Um, also the second one is cardiovascular. So making my heart work. So getting, doing some movements that get my heart rate to go up and down. Like that is really benefit for me long again, for my health. Um, and the last one is mobility and stretching, right? Like being able to move my body without pain and doing more mobilization and making sure that, you know, like my, my fascia is not like super tight and like everything hurts. Um, I do really notice that over the years, my body doesn't move the same way that it did when I was in my twenties. <laughs> Things are changing. Things are changing. So my movement is also changing, but I'm, I'm focused on those pieces of like, how can I incorporate these three types of movement movements throughout my week? And it's not those three types every day. I just want to make that super clear. It's just like over time, right? Like I want to have a mix of these things. Another thing that I think can be helpful is if you are going to work at a gym, a couple of things. One, if you're doing any type of like cardio machine, hide the freaking calories. Like, can we just please not have those calories showing one? It's really inaccurate, like not very accurate, but two, it doesn't matter because you're not moving to burn calories anymore, right? Like we're moving for different reasons. So hiding the calories can be really helpful. Same thing on your watch. If you do have a fitness tracker, um, one, listen to the episode on fitness trackers. I think that can be really helpful, but two, don't look at the calories, Don't look at the calories. That is not why we are moving anymore, right? So we really want to shift that, shift the way that we are um, showing up with that. And then another thing would be like with the mirrors, like try to turn around. That's one thing that I found extremely helpful for me as like, for me, I do really enjoy weight training, but like sometimes going to the gym was like fucking hard. Um, There's mirrors everywhere. And I, it was either hard for me to not hyper-focus on different body parts, um, and then attach value to those body parts. And, or like the days that were like really, really difficult, like, it's just hard that like, you get to see yourself all of the time, nonstop and like, ugh, it's annoying. So try to turn around, like, don't look at the mirrors. Like you don't really need to. And honestly, like 
the way that like Anthony taught me, um, oh my God, I'm talking a lot about Anthony today. I hope he uh, enjoys this. Um, but the way that he like, you know, first taught me, like when you think about like different forms and making sure that you're doing movement, rights, Like you get a lot more feedback when you tune into your body than when you look outside of your body. So really like doing more of those body connections. Um, and then I also really believe in wearing clothes that fit really comfortably. If tight clothes on your body does not feel comfortable, and to be fair, like it does not feel comfortable for a lot of people, um, especially if you are still dealing with a lot of body stuff, like tight clothes is going to bring a lot of attention to your body. Wear clothes that fit comfortable for you. That part, I cannot stress enough. Like in my disordered eating days, I used to want to have the cute matchy matchy outfits. Like I don't care anymore. I'm going to wear like baggy pants, baggy sweaters if I want to like really wear things that make you comfortable. Um, I think that's important. That's regardless of the sport that you are doing, like your comfort really matters. Um, and it matters for your brain too, right? Like what will we be focused on during that movement? Like if you're wearing things that are really freaking tight, chances are that's what we're going to be focusing on. So really making sure that we set ourselves up for success in that area, right? That we are just dressed in a way that feels good for us. Another thing that I would do is really challenge our rigidity around movement. If you find yourself having this idea of like, it needs to look this way, be that intense, do that, do less. <laughs> challenge yourself of like, no, it doesn't need to be like 30 minutes. I'm going to do 27 and just challenge that little piece in my brain. That's like stuck on those numbers. It doesn't need to be a specific number. It doesn't need to be a thing. I know for me, honestly, before, like I don't really do cardio machines anymore because I don't super love them. Um, and I found that over the years of like, nope, it's just not something I enjoyed. It was something that I used to do for different reasons that I no longer want to do. Um, but when I used to do them, like I would always challenge myself to never go to a round number. We can go to 10, 15, 20, 25, five. I would always stop at random numbers when my when I felt like it. And that was like weirdly very empowering, <laughs> not having to stop at 10 or 15 or 20, but like whenever I wanted to stop, I just stopped. I highly recommend it. It's very empowering to just be able to do what you want to do. Um, and even challenge like the intensity and all of that things too, right? Like I, what the way that I like to schedule um, movement in my day is I, I schedule it just that way. I have chunks in my day that's dedicated to moving, but moving can be anything. In those moments, I get to decide what I want to do. Do I want to use my muscles? Do I want to do more cardiovascular or do I want to do more stretching? What would feel good for me today? And although I typically will book like an hour of time, a pocket of time, I don't have the expectations that I need to use the full hour if I don't feel like it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. And both are okay because I am aiming for consistency over time. I am aiming to have movement be part of my life until I'm 132 years old because that's how long I'm going to live in my brain, right? Like the goal is not to crush it this week. <laughs> the goal is to develop the routine and a habit and things that you're able to continue to do in such a gentle and caring way. So it really doesn't matter if today I didn't go all out because that like the goal is not that like the goal is every day. I I'm kind to myself and I do things that are supportive for me long-term. And for me as health is a value of mine, 
I will want to engage in some health behaviors, but I know that forcing myself into it or adding pressures of how exactly it needs to look does not lead to sustainable results. Right. And I think that, well, first of all, there's a lot of studies to back this up, right? Like if you have this idea of like, I need to work out for an hour, it needs to be this way every day. You may do it for a while, but you're more likely to stop versus if we just have the idea of like, I want to move and it's very value-based. So not only do we just add the, I want to move plus I add a value base of like why I want to do this based on my values. We tend to do it longer, right. And sustain that new habit because one, it feels better. Um, and it is value aligned, right? So I would recommend doing it that way. Like if movement is something that you want to reincorporate, like, can we have a movement bubble in your schedule? And then on those days, can we choose? Like, what would it feel like today? And if we don't know what we like yet, I mean, you're in a good space to taste, to try, to do different things. And I think that can be really, really helpful too on kind of like letting go of this idea of like, you need to know exactly what you like and just allow yourself to like slow down and be like, what can I try? Like, is there anything else I want to try? Right. So for me, I, I really, like I said, I really do enjoy weight training and I like to swim and I like to bike. I don't like to run, but sometimes I do it when I want to do my triathlon trainings, not my favorite. Um, but what I've been starting this summer is I've actually started to do some yoga and I've tried to do it from home. And honestly, I could not do it. I, it was really hard for me. Like motivation to work out from my house is like minus 300. I don't do it. I don't like it. Um, I really like to get out of my space. I think it's also because I work from home. Like it really feels nice to get out of my house to go do something. Um, but yoga is something that I started to incorporate and it has always also like really, really been, it has really been helpful and beneficial for me to add this different type of movement and to try it. Right. And what's really cool nowadays is that one, um, there's a lot of places that give like either free trials or just things that you get to try. So you can see if it's something that you'd like to do. So that's all I had to tell you about movement. I hope that this episode was helpful. I really believe that movement can be part of a beautiful relationship with food, your body and all of the things. Like I think like when we do this healing work, like we're really learning more about us and how we want to show up and what we want to do. And for some of us, movement is part of it is maybe for you. It's not something that you're ready to implement right now. And that's okay too. Like there is no shame at all. We're always just doing what feels best for us in those moments. Um, and if you need support with this in any way, you know where to find me, you send me a message on Instagram. Um, I'd love, 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 love to connect with you. And yeah, thank you so much for being here with me today. We will be back next week with a new episode. And if you've been enjoying these episodes, as always, I would so appreciate if you took a moment to go leave me a review on iTunes. It would mean the world to me. It helps us the podcast grow. It lets me know what you enjoy. And um, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's all. I hope you have a really great day and we'll connect soon.